This is Texas State Spit Talk. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Hello? You play to win the game. I mean, listen, we're talking about Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about To LeBron James! That was insane! Officially insane, LeBron James! never gets old. Ethan did a great job. I'm definitely not tired of that song yet after, what, 10 weeks now? I love that song, but I'm definitely tired of that Michigan shirt. <laughs> hey, but just like Kevin Gates, I don't get tired. You don't get tired. Episode 15, Texas State Spit Talk, the Brendan glaring at Mark for dumb jokes continues. Uh, welcome to the show. Have a good show. You can't that early. You just can't. You just can't. Come on now, bro. Uh, g- Give us a minute or two into the show. Yeah, I, I should have I give y'all a warning. My, you know, I'll, just, I'll warn y'all next time. Of the impending uh, jokes, the impending, he's got like a joke alert, like make a little, like make a little hotkey and just incoming joke, and then just here comes the, the <laughs> like joke. Uh, welcome to State Spit Talk, episode fifteen. Got some cool stuff coming up on today's episode. Uh, of course, the weekly spotlight. We'll have our picks of the week at the end, and uh, San Marcos football I'll have a little senior tribute. Brendan's second year covering the San Marcos Rattlers. He's kind of. He's he kind of has traveled the journey with some of these kids, and I wanted to get his take on some of the seniors. And then, of course, uh, Tech State basketball plays later today, so make sure that you tune into that one. They'll be taking on Air Force, both women, men and women's basketball plays this evening. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about Texas State basketball, mostly men's, but we'll talk about a little bit of women's. Uh, so good, some, some good stuff. Make sure to tune in. Uh, stay for the whole thing. We're going to have a blast. So, again, welcome to Texas State Spit Talk. I am Reed Graff to my right. That guy, too much. I'm just kidding. Peyton Hill. Appreciate it. The, the long blonde hair. Got some little bit of red in that beard today. I don't Dude, know. I, I do have red. A little bit of red in the beard. Yeah, I, it's in my family a little bit. Mark, so. Mark Brown across. Here's a quick alert. Hey, 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 let's talk some spit talk today. I don't know if I like that. And, and yeah, let's just unplug that right there. Yeah, thanks. All right. So <laughs> continuing on over here across from me, we got Brendan Snow, the aforementioned San Marcos Rattler expert. Guys. When's the last time the four of us have been together? It's been a couple weeks. It has been. Yeah. People have been out and about. It's like we have lives sometimes. I would like to catch up. What, but what's a life? You know. my, my a lot of sports has been going it's on. It's called KTSW in school. <laughs> Overload. Uh, and friends. Hey, yeah. we won this week, didn't we? Who's we? Them? Texas State? We did. Football, We're going to get to Texas State football here in a minute. Okay. Oh. Uh, let's do our f- what we do every week. Weekly Spotlight. The spotlight. I'm starting to really enjoy this segment, guys. Just learning who you guys like think did a good job in the past week and your little spotlights. Uh, you get to start it off this time. Oh, I am not starting it off because I am Why? Not you don't know? You're not prepared? Not, All right, no, Brendan. I'm going to go. I'm gonna is go. anybody else prepared? I am. All right, Mark, let's go. Well, I'm semi-prepared, but I'm going to do it anyway. So, my weekly spotlight, I'm going to give a special thanks. He's injured right now, but he'll be back in about a week <laughs> or so. Russell Westbrook. Oh, my gosh. 24 points per game. OKC is on a five-game winning streak, about to be six, hopefully, tonight against the Houston Rockets. And uh, I just wanted to give a huge shout-out to them. Uh, started off 0-4 and, and had to get that win streak in. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy for that, and I'm happy about Luka Doncic going off against the Wizards. You know, Dallas did not have the favorite percentage in their favor, but, they, you know, they still managed to pull through. Shout-out to Brendan Snow being a Dallas native. Favorite percentage in their favor. I like it. I have uh, my weekly spotlight. I right, go for it. Goes to Julio Jones, Atlanta Falcons wide oh receiver. My gosh. Also, the most recent acquisition of one of my fantasy teams. Uh, oh. Seven catches, 120 yards, and a touchdown. And that touchdown. That was the quickest thing he could pull up, honestly. That touchdown <laughs> was. <laughs> like, no, no, I, I kind of had this on my one. Okay, so what are you saying? Julio Jones is back. There's a, no, this is his first touchdown in 12 games. Yeah. So he's been like. Having hella receiving yards and catches, but he hasn't been able to get in the end zone. And then the for the the week I trade for him, Peyton, the week that he joins my fantasy team, I'll give you that. He I'll gets give you in that. the end zone. Okay. So I'm the key to success. Just let, let like that DJ Khaled. Sink in. 
Well, I got I got sure. a good one. So, Brennan, do you? That's do already you wanna, three, by the way. That's already. Do you want to try and top their like I, I, semi mid range? I think I got a solid one. I ones. had a. Kind of had two come to mind, so I kind of throw them both out there. And this one's Peyton's. Uh, I'm gonna start out. I don't know if I can just pick one player or the whole team of the Blue Dew Devils. Ouch. Okay. Duke Blue Devils. I said that right. Uh, Sorry, Alex. Uh, yep, I was gonna say uh, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they destroy Kentucky by what is that? Thirty six. Uh, on Tuesday night, Mar- two caliber, uh, two NBA caliber players. R- RJ Barrett, thirty three points. Uh, Zion Williamson. I tried to watch points. it, but it was just too hard to. It was too hard to. Cam, don't get Cam Reddish. He's the other, the other top prospect in that class, and he's twenty two points. But you don't get to talk about him just because how good Zion and RJ are. Duke. R.J. Barrett really did show out that game. Cameron Reddish was a big prospect, but, I mean, we didn't see much of Zion's, like, aggressiveness, and we can talk the, about that later. The, those, time, th- but those three freshmen almost outscored Kentucky alone. They mm-hmm. they scored 83. The Kentucky Wildcats no, no, scored 84. Let me get your thoughts on this. I saw this before, we, before the show. Paul Pierce made a statement. He said that he thinks that Duke could beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. What are your thoughts on that? Whoa. I, I believe that. That could. That right could now, yeah. I mean, at this point, maybe. In, in football, I'm always anti. No, a college team can't beat an NFL team. Five, their starting five are all going to be first-round picks. But when NBA stars are going from freshman to NBA level, and some don't even need that. I mean, really, like, I mean, some don't really need that Yeah, we see people transition. come out of high school for and be Exactly. Good. But now they instated a rule. I mean, I don't believe. I, I, I believe that. Is a possibility. Yeah, Brennan is coming correct. from uh, someone that's a Cleveland Cavaliers fan. Yeah, I think this Duke <laughs> yes. team could kind of. I believe, uh, bro, correct. we're like we're like one and ten, one and nine, something like that. Yeah, I was uh, going to say that because uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but freaking oh, Zion Williamson, this guy. So in 2016, so how old is he? Like 18 right now? He's only a freshman. I'm 19. assuming he's 18. No, uh, I think he was born in 2000, so I'm gonna say he's 18. What I find funny is 19. like. Did you see what Pat McAfee posted on Instagram? He posted a picture of Zion dunking. He's like, I feel like I've been watching this kid dunking on the internet for like ten years. For yeah, because you look at his, you look at his, uh, you look at his dunking videos from the twenty from twenty sixteen. So this guy was sixteen years old dunking like uh, LeBron James when he was eighteen. I, don't I know remember if you guys the viral the videos windmill. back yeah. two years ago when he was just playing with all little white kids around him and he was just dunking every single play. But all right, let's look, move look, on a little bit. Let's get to my weekly spotlight. Right, if you don't do, I'm gonna get my guy a shout out. Go ahead. All right, so my weekly spotlight is the seven-foot stud. Honestly, I think he's kind of undermined, but Hassan Whiteside. The game he had last night? Exactly, against the Spurs from the Heat, 29 points, 20 rebounds, and nine blocks, one away from a triple-double. And uh, no A-line, no player has posted since. That doesn't even make any sense. Anyway, a feat nobody has done since Halim Hakeem Olajuwon back in 1989. So, I, I feel like we always focus around Anthony Davis, Blake Griffin, maybe, I don't know, but JaVale McGee's kind of been getting some attention. Javali McGee? Javali yeah. McGee. Uh, I've never heard that one. But you got to do the Shaq Hassan voice. Whiteside, I see him as a young Shaq, and he's going to progress into somebody that's very strong progress we said that four years ago when he was he's like what 26 27 what do you, what do you mean yeah, i mean he's not yeah. like he's not like super old <laughs> somebody but figure he's out still he's i feel somebody. like he's so underrated he he's still evolving i'm sorry besides that i want to give a quick shout out to des bryant signing with the new orleans saints des bryant oh, get, yeah getting his chance uh he's to, 29 by the way it's, it's a one year six hundred thousand oh, dollar deal for the rest of the year he's he said he has a plan. He's out to prove himself. He wanted to play the good quarterback. That's why he turned down Joe Flacco. That's why he turned down whoever's going to be a QB in Cleveland. That's Playing why with I want to Thomas. hurry up and get some NFL talk. On a contender. Shout out. That's at the end. Des Bryant. Still sport. Throw up the X. Well, I mean, I no, the it's a perfect situation for him, right? <laughs> I mean, the expectations aren't super high on him. Just go in there, contribute in any way you can. And it's an addition for next year to prove yeah, he's still got so. it. So it's kind of a win-win for him. Even if like things go wrong, like what harm does it? You've already been sitting on the bench for the entirety of the season, so it doesn't really hurt you. Yeah, and I guess That's New Orleans true. is where uh, X marks the spot, huh? It's not. It's not too far away from Jerry World either. It's about a. Uh, it's about they, a stone they, throw. Uh, they play later this year. Yeah, Thanksgiving. Nice. Thanksgiving. It's the week after Thanksgiving, isn't it? Or Thanksgiving. Look, Thanksgiving. The Saints. Have oh, how 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 great's that going to be? Get our butts kicked by Dez and the we'll Saints talk about on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. Day. We're going to get to the Cowboys. Cause I do want to talk about that. Um, Texas State football. Win streak. Wait, I thought we were starting basketball. Yeah, uh, let's two, hope we get a round of applause. We're going to get to Texas State basketball. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we're that's going the in uh, order. I know, I know I was corrected by uh, Riley Chestnut, but, yeah, this is their second win streak they've had in four years. So since 2014, and the reason why I say that because the last streak they had was uh, the 45-27 win over Arkansas State and the 54-31 win over Georgia State. Uh, that was back-to-back in November of 2014. So that means the Cats could be up to something given that they haven't done this. And, uh, like, what's what's – 
365 times 4. I forget it. Well, it'll be over a thousand days. I mean, they've so been showing out. I mean, guys, it, I, I was hoping this would happen. I want to take a minute here um, to give Brendan a, t- a moment to shine because we've been battling all year long. Tyler Vitt, Willie Jones. Willie's playing out of his mind right now. Yeah, can, can I get you to – You better be able to back it up. Give you the floor. When, 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 oh, you, when, when you edit this podcast later, I want you to go pull out clips of you got all three of you being on the side Tyler Jones and not being for Willie – uh, being Willie against Vitt? Tyler Vitt, <laughs> while I was with Willie Jones III. Was I ever don't worry, I'll really that out for too. Tyler Vitt, though. I think you were. I don't I th- know. I think you're challenging me right now. I don't know. Because you know I won't go back and listen to these podcasts. Now Willie I'm Jones. find a clip of you. <laughs> I thought they were both sorry. I guess I got like a stat after Brendan goes. I got a stat that can uh, kind of semi-back you up a little bit for Tyler Vitt. I mean, so it's not one of those things like, oh, yeah, Tyler Vitt's terrible. But Willie's just playing out of his mind. And yeah. if you put these two on the same level, let's say, let's say that Willie's – He's throwing the ball well right now. It's because he's got the competition, bro. Uh, no, it's because Tyler – I mean, uh, Willie Jones is insane with, with the ball in his hand running, and that's what puts him over Vit, right? Dual passing. That's two words that Brendan's – But the passing has never happened like that before. Yeah, this guy is I mean, really he put up three, almost 300 yards a year ago against Louisiana Lafayette. And his one start. And his one start. That's, yep. that tr- that's true. So, I don't know. That was that, that – was that, like – that was that shine moment for him, though. Yeah, that was just leaving the. But hey, hey, we're cutting into into Brendan's time oh, to shine. You're right. You're right. This okay. is Brendan's time okay. to shine. Boom. He won the argument. Because I did for, for now. now. For now. Uh, yeah, yeah. For, for, now. for now, absolutely did. So Willie Jones this past Saturday against Georgia State. You all know he's 20, Correct. 21 of twenty six, three hundred twenty five yards, two touchdowns, including a ninety three yard touchdown to Jeremiah Haydell. By the way, Haydell's having a great year. The speeds there. Lo- 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 there's a lot of big plays out we're of gonna, him. We're gonna, I'm going to break down the wideouts here in a minute. Too. And then <laughs> <laughs> Willie Jones. Willie Jones carried the ball fourteen times for sixty two yards and another score. Uh, so was that? It was three hundred eighty eight yards, eighty seven yards of offense, three touchdowns. That's incredible. This past game, putting up 40 points on that Georgia State team, then winning two in a row at that Mexico State game, which had another good game in that one uh, two weeks ago. Just have to be feeling good if you're the Bobcats and you're the offense. We've been questioning all week, all, all season, can the offense do this and the offense do that after you know back-to-back games against Georgia Southern and ULM. They scored 13 points. They scored 14 points. Boom. New Mexico State, they scored 27 and win. Georgia State, they come out and score 40. The scoreboard doesn't do it justice. We were blowing them out, and they got some Georgia State got some garbage time touchdowns to make it 40-31 final score when it was 40-17 to 17 in the final two minutes. Man, it feels good right now. And to uh, see a successful quarterback does, getting honestly. things done. And don't forget, he was actually recently named to the Earl Campbell Tyler Rose Award honorable mention list. Tyler, uh, to, uh, not Tyler Vitt, but uh, Willie Jones III. That was on – today's Thursday, so that was on Tuesday afternoon. Well, just know that Georgia State has a worse record than us in the conference, so – because we beat them. That's yeah, something. Right. Yeah, exactly. See, I mean, this, that's something, right? Like, what, what I thought was funny is today's like a mostly positive Texas State it, football segment, it, right? It, it, it really is. Like, we haven't seen this since, I mean, 2015 was since the last time the they season. had three wins. I, yep. I, I feel – they made me sound so dumb. In the beginning of the season, I was like, yeah, it's a five, six-win team, and we, we've done what we've done. But, hey, it's not out, of, not out of the picture now. If you can put up 40 points against Appalachian State, we'll see. I don't know. They're wearing some dope yeah, jerseys. Isn't is Georgia know. State's only other – or, like, one of their wins against Appalachian State? No, um, no, that was Georgia Southern. Southern. What gives me. what gives me hope for the Appalachian State game is Appalachian State got rocked by Georgia Southern. Yeah, yeah, they did. They and, got WWE SmackDown. And Texas State hung with them and really had every opportunity to win that game against Georgia Southern. So that has to give you some hope. And that was really back before the especially coming. I mean, going on a win streak, giving you a little bit more juice that you haven't had before. Energy. Momentum? Momentum. Well, juice. Let's they, go with that Drake energy. Bro. I, think okay. they, I think juice. they just kind of found their rhythm offensively, and they did not have that when they played Georgia Southern. So uh, we'll see how that plays in. I think it, it's it's a trap game for the for the Mountaineers. It really is, I, I would think. I mean, Bobcats are, are the highest they've been all year long. So we'll see. And, I mean, this thing about it, this is the 2018 college football season, sad. which means that there's – I mean, this, this year has just been filled with upsets. So – Bobcats, who, I mean. It's kind of sad to call a home game a trap game for the visitors, but that's um, <laughs> the situation we're in. Brittany, you kind of chuckled when I called it a trap game. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, it's not as much on that as those, uh, I had a kind of running thing last year on Bobcat Radio a lot. Uh, where I called a lot of games for Texas State. The games they were going into, I called them trap games for the opposing team, thinking, oh, they're looking at the next week. They don't care about Texas State. They're overlooking them. And uh, my co-host at the time, Andrew Zimmel, he kind of always gave me heat for always saying trap game, trap game, trap game. 
So the one and someone, so someone, else brought, someone else has brought up Trap Game. I'm a big fan of the Trap Game. <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit hard to say for that when the week after uh, Appalachian State will be back at home playing Georgia State, Team Texas State just beat up on. So maybe not looking too much. But the, day, the week after that might be essentially might be the Sun Belt Championship in a nutshell, Appalachian State when they play Troy. Absolutely. I mean, you oh, still got to keep Arkansas State in the mix, too. They've had a good season. But, um, Mark, you are, like, itching to give us a bunch of stats, aren't you? Well, uh, I need, a, I need, a, I have a tendency of like butting in a little bit too much, so I'll just uh, wait for my cue. But that yeah. was your cue, buddy. Yeah, but I guess this is the thing. So I mean, you guys already, you guys already like elaborated on most of the statistics, but like, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and give you guys uh, a, a quick. Uh, I would say it's a not really a joke, just a quick reference. So for this game, when you asked. Can the catch take down the Mountaineers? Uh, well, I'm going to go ahead and just give a shout-out to Kevin Garnett from the 2008 NBA Finals when he said, anything is possible. And it's true. Anything <laughs> is possible. Uh, and I'm going to go off of what your statement was, which meaning that Georgia Southern is – Georgia Southern could be the key for Texas State possibly defeating the Mountaineers. I mean, it has to give you some hope, the fact that you hang with them. But They're definitely going to look at that we'll game. We'll see. Uh the Bobcats are going to win the uniform battle, though. Have y'all? Oh, yeah. Uh, by the way, Wait, shout out to that, Texas State Equipment. They I'll are just, rocking like, it right now. Real quick, guys. I Can actually I just th- interviewed the head of Texas State Equipment, Andrew Johnson, uh, yesterday. Really? Great guy. He showed me around the facility. I got to see the laundry room, the locker room a little bit, all this cool stuff. He's behind, you know, Twitter and all that. He kind of the, the equipment guy. He he determines what uniforms they come out with. He runs, you know, like I said he runs the Twitter. Really cool guy. Works for the New York Jets. Has a great office. Uh, it's just really, really awesome. All right. I, 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 okay, so you saw the locker room. Riddle me this: Do all football players wear cups? Okay, I got the peek in. He opened the door, and I kind of looked around, <laughs> left and right, and there were no Why players. Why do you want to know this? Time? Dude, it's I don't know. Odd. It, it's, it's just I don't know. That's, that's, not, that's, that's actually. That's I'm actually sorry. It just seems uncomfortable. Anyway, I just want to get and I and I wanted to butt in just so I could ask this. The only thing that worries me about this Bobcat team is the third down conversion. Only getting. Six for fourteen against. Hey, I need you to. Com- I'm still having nightmares. Georgia from third State down conversion from Monday night football. So because look, oh, that, that's that, that's a difference. The Cowboys How, couldn't stop the couldn't stop the like Titans my color guy down, said. So I'm still having nightmares. So <laughs> shout out to my color guy George. He says the best situation you can be in is third and manageable. And I love that statement. And you, I think I said that a couple episodes ago. But I, I there you know. You got to get a little bit more conservative mindset. I don't know what has me. What has me excited is it they seems, did a great job. It seems like the Bobcat offense is starting to come together a little bit because um, those wideouts are starting to make plays. I they mean, did go two for two on fourth down. Javen Banks is start. Uh, Javen Banks is playing doing some things. Jeremiah Haydell is really starting to look like your number one, a true star wideout. I mean, yeah, he made the um, he made the catch two weeks ago at home, the jumping and then tiptoeing the sidelines, and now he has a 30, 90, 93 yard touchdown. I mean. The dude's playing great right now. He's giving a quarterback someone, man, I need a big play. I'm going to go to, to Haydell here. He'll make the big play. He's giving you that. And then you can have the other wideouts, like um, Javen Banks, the true freshman, is making some plays. I mean, TJ Bedford's gone, but um, Hutch White, Mason Hayes, and Tyler Ke- Watts. we didn't even mention Keenan Brown. Keenan Brown had a good game, but he wasn't the key figure. Which yeah, he didn't have as many receptions as we expected. But he had plenty of target. I think yeah. he had six catches. I have to pull, let me pull up the box score. Hutch White for QB. But uh, I don't know if you guys listened to the uh, post-game uh, conference this past Saturday night. Uh, Willie Jones III did mention uh, Jeremiah Haydell and his athletic ability. He was saying that this guy has the capability to be like a, you know, a top-tier receiver on the team. Like meaning, arguably, what I meant by I guess what I'm uh, interpreting from that is he might have been. Chances are, like, if not, if Keenan Brown is not on the list, then I would put a. What he's saying is Jeremiah Haydell is next. Do we have that audio in the system? It is in the system. Play it right now. That really goes back to the how we've been running the ball. I mean, it opens up everything for us. When you can run a ball, you can do anything. So, I mean, it was a little play-action pass, uh, freeze the def- defender's feet for a little bit, and Haydell was just able to run right by him. And when you got speed like Haydell, you, when you freeze your feet, you're done. So, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, y'all, y'all see what he does. He's a freak. He catch. You can hand it to him. He could probably play any position on the field, see how big he is. So, just amazing to have him on the team. He's a great teammate, great leader. So, oh yeah, okay, <laughs> and we're back. So yeah, I mean that just just proves my point that Haydell is a playmaker. That it's what he is, and he's that's what he's going to bring to the table. Uh, he's only a sophomore, and he just seems to get better week by week. And I feel like we're just now tapping into that playmaking potential we didn't know was quite there. So uh, that's that's 
an exciting thing. And like I said, it just, it just seems like the Bobcat offense is finally starting to find a groove. Uh, and one of my notes in here is, has WJ3 figured out this college football thing? You always have that thing where, like, you know, a quarterback in particular just kind of turns the corner and just kind of figures out how to play at the next level. Do you think he's figuring that out? Yeah, uh, kind of what I went with all season long was give him time. Our whole thing was Tyler Vitz, the freshman, Willie Jones, the sophomore, kind of when in doubt when you're a bad team, you know, give it to the freshman and allow him to try to develop. We never gave Willie Jones a chance to develop. He played. He started that one game a season ago. He got a few random spot snaps here and there for Damian Williams. So he never really got a chance. He started the first two games of the season, then he got hurt. Then uh, that South Alabama game, and then he came back for the UTSA game, got hurt in the beginning of that game, kind of lost his spot for a few games. So I was just saying, give, you know, when he has give him a chance, let him try to, like you said, figure it out, learn things, go through the hardships of a season and pick it up. I think Tyler Vick can do the same thing when he's given his chance to start four or five consecutive games without having to worry about someone else breathing down his neck. See, I think what sets Willie apart from Vitt, and, and you know, I'm the I'm one of the big Vitt supporters. I think uh, Vitt, I still think Vitt's probably the better passer, but uh, Willie Jones, he he can hurt you in so Cut many it. ways. Um, he threw for 300, 330 yards, had only five incompletions, two touchdowns. Um, he, but also, if you look at last week, I mean, two weeks ago against Mexico State, that victory. He didn't throw that well. Nine for 18, two touchdowns, 113 yards. He was 50% completion, but he ran all over the Aggies. So that just shows you that he can hurt you in so many different ways, and that makes game planning against him very difficult. And when you have a, a quarterback like Willie that can run, especially on an offensive line like this, let's be honest, it's just opening up running lanes for the for the defensive linemen at times. Um, that that's that's something that's that's very beneficial to a team like this. That it, there is kind of some room for error with that offensive line, and because they have to put extra focus trying to make sure Willie doesn't run for 80 yards, there's more room for the ath- athletes on the outsides to get open. And I was going put to put it here. Put it here. Oh, it's oh, me. Top. That's me yeah. putting it there. Yeah, I put it, put there. it there. Uh, I su- I support it. <laughs> I'm here. But I uh, you're on the Willie Jones train. That's yeah, what I heard. Well, 21 I for 26 is is. Excuse me, it's damn good. Okay, <laughs> and it's the only other way to put it. All right, it's just it's outstanding. Almost four hundred yards. Off. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's fantastic that's fantastic. Okay, you know what? If he does that every game, that's Heisman worthy. I'm just <laughs> oh, saying. So here's here's where I'm concerned, guys. Defensively, wasn't a great game. It wasn't terrible, and, and a lot of the points came late, but it wasn't great. Uh, the Bobcats did not record a sack. Um, they did have the forced fumble. Their defense was just kind of. It, it, it was it was kind of I, I wouldn't say lazy, after just being kind of very good. To be fair, this was a this uh, uh man, never mind. I was thinking New Mexico State because uh, Mexico State was a, such a good offensive team. And we only yeah. we held them down, and then Georgia State comes in and not a team known for scoring, and they got thirty on us. And I was just a little like, well. The thing is, they what? didn't have thirty on us at first. We let them get well, up to thirty late. towards yeah. It's like towards the Bobcats the ran out of gas, at the and they yeah. literally scored a and touchdown we, as the clock ran out. Have we yeah. not seen that from the Bobcats before? Remember. Um, a few, uh, not a few, uh, a while back, they were down or they were up in the fourth quarter and lost to. I don't exactly remember who it is, and I don't want to lie to you, but they were they've been down or they've been up. Excuse me, like late in the game and just kind of run out of steam, like you said. Well, South Alabama was the one that we had a big lead in and blew it, but that's what it was. Let's keep moving on, guys. We have a lot of stuff to break down. Before we move away from football, let's run through San Marcos Rattler playing their last game tonight. The game is not going to be broadcasted. Um, but oh, wait. Do we have any predictions for Texas State football Saturday? Oh, let's go. Yeah, let's get that yes. in there. First, they're playing Appalachian State. What happened, State. though? We're playing a, a team that was ranked a couple weeks ago. So, we got. so and a team that nearly defeated Penn State. Thanks for, for uh, reeling me Here back Here at home. Um you're playing Appalachian State, but you're also probably playing the best football you've played all year. You're at home. Hopefully some of this winning – we say winning, we've won three games. But hopefully some of this, this winning momentum will get people in the stands. Um, guys, what are y'all's predictions? Keep in mind Appalachian State. Penn State had to take Appalachian State to overtime to beat them. So keep that in mind when you make your prediction. I guess who's going first? Let's go Brendan first. All right, well, here's where we're at. We're earlier we were talking about Appalachian State and they lost that game to Georgia Southern. Well, they kind of lost their starting quarterback three plays into the game. Mm-hmm. And then he didn't play. I don't think he played the next week against Colts Carolina. And now he's rumored to be back this week. Uh, Appalachian State opened up. I don't think up. we know for sure. Uh, rumored. No, yeah. uh, just some things I have heard through. The grapevine. Grapevine. There we go. No. <laughs> <laughs> Appalachian State opened as 21-point favorites in this game in Bobcat Stadium. 
And I'm not think I don't think that Mountaineers win by 21, but I do think the Mountaineers win. I think I think it can be competitive. I, we saw Texas State take them down to the wire last year and fall six inches early short of of having a chance to win the game. So I'm going with the Mountaineers, 31 to the Bobcats, 23. Okay. Then, uh, Mark? Yeah, I guess I'll go next. So you said their quarterback is coming back, correct? Some things I've heard. It hasn't been official yet. I don't think we know for sure. Not for sure. Well, let's say that he does come back, and if he does, I say the final score will be Mountaineers 35, Bobcats 21. And the reason why I say that is because if Willie Jones can third, the third can be consistent like he did in the previous game, say he throws for at least 275, 280 yards, then, yeah, we can put some, at least 21 points on him. I would say that. And then another thing is watch out for the two bruisers they have in the backfield, which is uh, Darrington Evans and Jalen Moore, those guys. And Jalen Moore, I believe, I'm not 100% sure, I, I, wasn't he hurt this year, Brendan, or Jalen Moore? Because he, he was the top dog coming in preseason, the running back for uh, Appalachian State. or Appalachian State. My, uh, uh, state. The running back Jalen Moore? Yeah, because he's not starting. I looked at the I looked at the stats and everything. He's not starting. Darrington Evans is the leading rusher with 640 yards, averaging 80 yards a game. Wait, and he's the number one mm-hmm. in all-purpose yardage in the entire conference. Yeah, so you got to so. add that too. So you Jaylen have to remember this is App State ranks ninth nationally what? with five almost six yards per carry, and they're tenth nationally in rushing yards per game. I see more right there. He has 63 carries for 412 yards. yards. So he's averaging also averaging 80 yards a game. I guess if I did my math correctly. Um, so that's what I call, I call them the two bruisers and. You know, the defense hasn't really been consistent lately for Texas State. So what I'm kind of worried about is if they're going to run it down their throat like that. I mean, I, they've never really dealt with any running backs at this, like, I guess with this top-tier talent. Well, Jay, this here says Jalen Moore suffered a sus season-ending injury. See, that makes plenty of sense. This guy, this guy, NFL scouts have been looking at him for the past two years, and I wouldn't be surprised if he – well, knowing that he's injured, I still wouldn't be surprised if he goes second round, third round after the season. So it's a it's a big storyline whether Zach Thomas plays or not, uh, the, the starting quarterback, because – if he doesn't, you'd have to assume we'd see a lot of running. You're going to see a lot of running the ball either way. But if he doesn't play, then you're pretty much guaranteed to see mostly ball, uh, the running backs. So interesting to see what happens there. Uh, Peyton, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm going to agree with you, Mark, in the sense that it, Willie Jones is going to have to show up if we're going to be willing to drop 21 points and in, in the sense that like he did at Georgia State. But – the inconsistency of our defense is also going to play a big key in the game. I mean, that just kind of sounds generic, but in the term of – I've seen our defense put up a huge fight against teams that were way better than us and made it super narrow and almost made it to where we won the game just by a couple of plays. If they can do that here, I think we might have a chance of winning, especially at home. But my prediction is Appalachian State, 28, Bobcats, 14. But I guess uh, I guess to add to what you said, um, when you mentioned the defense playing like tougher teams to, I guess, a, a close gap, Georgia Southern is probably the biggest key, in my opinion, because it was just a 15-13 loss. And uh, even though they lost uh, – Coach Withers, uh, reading I remember from uh, the post-conference game, uh, Withers was pretty confident uh, with this team, even though they only lost by two points. It's a loss, but uh, the way that they closed the gap uh, makes a difference. But we'll see. We'll see. Remember when I said trap game? Bobcats are going to somehow upset them. They're going to win this one. Offense is going to stay hot. Defense is going to do just enough. I'm going to say it's going to be a 31-28 win, and San Marcos is going to lose their mind and get excited, and we're all going to forget about Larry Tice for a week. Hold that thought. Make Can't sure make sure whenever you whenever you, whenever you you uh, upload this audio tomorrow, make sure you just edit out that clip, save it just in case. No, I'm saying no, no. <laughs> if they win, use that. Put it, like, make sure it If they don't, viral. just cut it Can't out and put, like, a, we're going to lose. Can, like, oh, no, can, can we rush the field? <laughs> <laughs> if, if they beat Appalachian State, we're going to run from the all press 400 box. Of us. All 400 yeah, of us in the stand are going to press Save the what field. Brendan said, too. Can we rush the field? Real quick, do you want an official word? I've, I've read from multiple sources. Zach Thomas practiced fully this week, and he is probable for Saturday game. He was out with concussion. Looks like he'll be Remember what I said about us going to win? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm rolling with it. 31-28 Bobcats, whether I'm, wrong, whether I'm right or wrong. Hold that thought, too. Hold so let's go ahead and run through this real quick. Uh, San Marcos Rattler football. We've been doing it all year long, Brendan. This is the last week. We are not going to broadcast this one because of – Texas State basketball. Uh, they're coming in at 1-8. and eight. It's been a t- uh, rough season for the, for the Rattlers. Uh, but, again, this is your second year covering this team. 
a lot of times this is the last we'll see of a lot of seniors. A lot of last time we'll see Jamon Johnson, who you could argue is one of the best players to ever play San Marcos High School football. Um, is there anything you want to say about any of these, any any of the particular seniors? I like to say a lot about almost all of them. Uh, like you said, we've, us calling the games all year. We've hey, seen hey, 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 <laughs> don't tear up now. Okay? We've, we've seen all. <laughs> I don't got any <laughs> tissues over here. We've seen pretty much all these guys play this season. We've seen a lot of them be impact players. Um, looking at them, I don't have the official number. But as I scroll down this list, it's a good amount. Do we have time to Quite at least name them? Yeah, well, for sure do that. And then if there's any you want to say a little, I can run through them. And here, how about this? I'll say a name of a senior, and you give me your, your quick reaction on it. We'll run through this real quick. Okay? Right. So starting with number one, senior 5'10 wide receiver, Myson Williams. Took a big big leap this year, became a big-time target for them. Really excited to see what he does in the next level. Uh, number two, the guy that needs no introduction. I, th- I thought we were going to save him for last. <laughs> Let's uh, save him for last. Why not? No uh, introduction. So moving on, number nine, outside linebacker Trey Roberson. We saw him throughout the year. We didn't see him much early. Uh, he got the starting spot but didn't do too much. Kind of went back and forth, kind of losing that spot to Andres Alonzo. But we've seen him in the backfield. We've seen him all over the place. We really like the, just his heart and hustle. Big one of your favorite players in the entire roster, number 11 kicker, Frankie Minchaka. I, I don't have enough to say about Frankie Minchaka. H- over 100 career extra points, a career long of 54. Been clutch. He does things on sides. He makes tackles in the open field. He makes saving tackles on missed extra points. I want to see if he kicks the next level. He's so- also a soccer player, so keep an eye on him, the Rattler soccer. Er. Soto did call him an NFL-type kicker, so <laughs> keep that in mind. Uh, surprisingly athletic, despite his size, number 12, senior wideout, Nate Martinez. Yeah, uh, he just uh, uh, a Swiss, ar- Swiss Army knife. They dread sweeps, ran around the backfield, short crossing, reliable, uh, really solid player. Number thirteen, wide receiver, senior Daramikius Garcia. Kind of a little similar to Nate Martinez, wide receiver and running back, one of the faster players I'd say on the team. Get him out in space, he can make some plays happen. Senior defensive back, number fourteen, Terrence Soto. Darren Soto, he's one of the funnest guys to watch on that defense. He will come down and lay the hammer and thump you. Had a bunch of interceptions last season. Haven't seen him get any this year, but really good guy in that secondary. Okay, this one might actually make Brendan cry. Number 17, <laughs> senior defensive back, Javier Gonzalez. Love me some Javi. Uh, <laughs> he has had not the best season, but his junior season was actually his best season when he made his name for himself out opposite of DeMarcus Hall. Kind of... I haven't been starting as much this year. Kind of lost spot. Had that one interception in the Laredo game. That's it. Just really fun to watch. So much energy and swagger in that kid. Loved watching him play. Uh, number 20, Daniel Santana, defensive back. He's been starting. Very as similar. Late, been starting as lately for Javier Gonzalez. Uh, we saw it on the outside. Uh, number 21, Andrew Marino, defensive back. No, no, kind of came spot in guy. late. Yeah, yeah, late guy. We've seen him more and more as as late in the season. Number 27, Christian Alvarez, outside linebacker. I don't think he really played a whole lot. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that the Rattlers aren't going to miss him, though. Number 28, Eric Gonzalez, defensive back. Number 29, Damian Zuniga, defensive back. Stop me if you want to mention anything about uh, any of these. And then just, those are kind of two more guys who have, you know, I'm sure have been on the roster for two years, helped in practice. Uh, all those guys practice hard, play hard. Number 32, defensive lineman, R.J. Salinas. Um, number well, big guy, RJ Salinas. He got a lot of playing time on that defense line. We, you know, on the broadcast, we don't talk about the D-line as much, but they make plays, and he's one of them. Absolutely. Uh, number 35, Jesus Salinas, senior defensive lineman. Number yeah. 44, inside linebacker, Kimo Kaneri. Kimo. Uh, didn't see him as much in the junior year. He got a few spot, you know, snaps here and there. I really liked what I saw out of him. Uh, expected a big year out of him this season. Kind of did step it Started up Started off the year really well. Yeah, I think it kind of – Flooded out a little bit, but he kind of got back to it. Just reliable tackler in the middle of the defense. Number 48, defensive end, Michael Salazar. Bigger we, kid. We saw, him, we saw him in the backfield a, a handful of times this season. He had a good season. Number 49, outside linebacker, Terry the Hitstick Stinnett. Yeah, what you call him that every time, Hitstick Stinnett. I'm really going to miss. He had a solid year this year uh, running sideline to sideline, the outside linebacker spot. Really missed him junior year at special teams, the plays he made flying down the field. Recovering fumbles in the goal line, clotheslining kids inside the 10-yard line. He was a special guy on special teams. Number 55, defensive lineman Alex Grenade. Alex Granado. <laughs> Granado. Uh, Smaller in- kid, but, man, he played hard. Interior guys really stuffed to run up the middle. Number 58, Marcus Aguilar. He's an offensive lineman. Number 61, defensive lineman Brandon Rangel. Brandon Rangel, starter pretty much all this season long. Uh, we know we kind of bat on the 
Tex- the Rattlers line for not being too great for Garcia, Vadreen, Subfield, and Jamon Johnson, whoever lines up back there. But there are times that they were the better team. They were the better guys out there. Uh, number 65, defensive lineman Jonathan Carmona. We saw him a lot this year. Uh, and now time to run through some of the offensive linemen. And, and as I know there's a one or two guys you'll definitely want to say something about. Number 66, senior Miguel Castro. Number 67, Christian Marmaleo. Marmaleo. He's the one that kind of moved around the line, played six a few one, different spots. 6'1", 230. Uh, uh, s- I liked him a lot. Number 71, Jaden Wilson. And number 72, Standing at six foot, three hundred and fifteen, fifteen pounds, Mark Velasquez. Man, this dude was, uh, this dude was a force. Not the tallest, but he was plenty big, uh, and he'll be, uh, he'll be sorely missed. I do believe he got some college looks. Yeah, he got some, uh, some smaller D three offers. Love to keep up with that on Twitter. Yeah, I'll definitely follow him. Number seventy seven, Adrian Vasquez, and then number eighty one, Zurian Trevino. He's a wide receiver. Didn't see a lot of him. Uh, number 85, Jeremiah Sal- Saldana, another tight end. Didn't see him a whole lot. Number 86, Clyde Clary. We did see him a little bit late in the season. Number 88, this is one of my favorite guys. Senior wideout, Elijah Edwards. Standing at 6'2", he was one of the biggest guys on the team. Had really good go-up-and-get-it ability at the wideout position. I actually know uh, Elijah Edwards. I worked with him during the spring. He's got gray hands. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, I expected a bigger year from him Whoa. early. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> he, he didn't get start. He didn't get started till later in the season. He didn't start playing uh, as much. But I saw him his junior year and thought he would. I started to get a lot more playing time this year. Like you said, six two has the ability to go uh, outside and go up and get some balls. Six uh, two in a receiver, you don't find size like that a lot. So let's keep Hopefully. up with him. And then number ninety defensive lineman Weston Watson, arguably maybe the best player on that defensive line all this season. Yeah, he, he didn't start all the time, but he came in a lot, and I, he made some big plays. I really liked Watson, so good for him. Uh, again, if you're not going to a Texas State basketball game tomorrow night, go cheer on these seniors in their final game at San Marcos Toyota Rattler Stadium as they take on uh, Canyon High School, and arguably probably one of the most winnable games they have So on the entire roster with the way the season's gone. So definitely check that out. Speaking of Texas State basketball, they play tonight, guys. They, yeah. They play tonight. Uh, they do. Once this podcast releases, they'll be taking on Air Force right here in San Marcos. Who uh, they played last year opening. Why don't we go ahead and do, break down this team a little bit? I did a little bit of a study. <laughs> We're actually 3-1 and one in openers in the past four years. And our only losses to Air Force last year. It's a good stat. It's not bad. It's a pretty good stat. So here's what I want to do, guys. I, I, I broke down different positions, and I just wrote down a couple quick notes. If y'all have more, please bring them up. But so the, the, the guys to keep an eye on, we're going to go from kind of position to position, starting with the guards, uh, specifically kind of the point guard, shooting guard players. Um, what, will can, what do you think we can expect? It, let's assume Marlon Davis is healthy because we don't he, know if he is or not. I heard in the presser they're looking at December. He is cleared, which is amazing to me. He tore his ACL in January. He's cleared now, but they're kind of looking at a December return for him. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and play what if we, with Nottingham. What if we looked at the game as, like, who we have uh, ability-wise and break down the players that way? Well, I'm thinking, so you look at guard, right? If you look yeah. at guard, the first guy that comes to mind is senior Trey Larens Nottingham, the yeah. senior uh, last year showed some good playmaking ability. Uh, I just kind of want to mention some of the other guys. To keep it Marlon Davis, of course, kind of more the defensive pass dis- pass distributor guy that we know Coach Casper loves. Uh, and then if you look, Shelby Adams did some things last year. He's a sophomore now. I'm excited to see what he does this year. Another guy he got started late in the season, didn't play as much early, but started getting some minutes later and later when Bobcats needed some offense, and he's really showed up. And we'll see what he does this year. I, I could see him kind of being that guy off the bench, replacing Trey Blunt from a year ago. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Isaiah Gurley, the senior guard, he's injured a lot last year. Uh, whenever he was in, though, Casper was expecting him to be a big part of the offense, and he just he's wasn't able to really stay healthy. He's supposed to be like that microwave-type player that go out there and just, hey, we need a bucket. Go get a bucket. However you want it, you know, one-on-one, get some screens, spot up, however you can. Hopefully get a, a healthy season out of him. He's a Brooklyn guy. Mark, what were you wanting to say? I was going to say, uh, I mean, we're going to get to it later on, so I'll just wait for that. But I was going to say that um, – might as well just throw it in right now. So, obviously, we lost Emmanuel King. He averaged eight, eight uh, I think it was nine points per game last season. And I, I'm Team assuming I'm better. assuming that his key, I guess his key uh, replace. Eric Terry. 
You saying it? You saying Eric Terry or Eric Terry? Eric Terry. Eric Terry will fill that. What about Alonzo Sewell? Eric Eric Terry Sewell will be going to start, but he he registered last year. We'll get to the down low guys here in a minute. Um, And of course, you have to mention there's two guys I really want to talk about in detail. Right? We're starting with number 22. He's a junior. He's from Beaumont, Texas. Stands at six five. Nigel Pearson. Who that? One of the most frustrating, (laughs) inconsistent, but exciting players. In the Sun Belt. Oh, yeah. I mean, he leads in most stats on the team. Uh, he leads in the most stats in school history. and rebounds. Yeah, school history. But at the same time, every he's time I see him play, I just have as frustrating such mixed feelings about him every single time. As frustrating as a, as a, of a season last year was, specifically offensively, and as, as, and as up and down as it seemed to be for Pearson, I don't think he could buy a three to save his life. He still scored 502 points in I last season. I feel like he's been working which was on the, that, his, though. He was scored 502 points, was the second most ever by a sophomore in Texas State history. So and as bad of a year as it seemed to be, it was a pretty solid and, season. And, Reed, I feel like you're kind of playing it down a little bit more than it was. Uh, Nigel Pearson averaged still 15 points a game last season, six boards. He yeah, Definitely a team leader. He reached <coughs> double-digit scoring in every game last season except for two, and he hit at least one three-pointer in every game except for three. Yeah, he shot 33%. But then again, he did shoot – sometimes it felt like he shot a lot. So what hurt him so much was the expectations were so high in him last year because there wasn't a lot of supporting it, cast offensively. Exactly. So this year, you hope you can take some of that pressure And he was off. on all the banners and stuff. You, I mean, you, you, add, gets to you. you add some good scores. I mean, Shelby Adams could potentially break out a little bit. Isaiah Hurley, if you can get him healthy, that gives you a little bit of help. And if some of the newcomers can't My mention, money's on McClure. You can't – I was going to get to him. You can't mention – Texas State basketball without getting to some of these. Mason Harrell, five foot nine. Yeah, you heard that right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow your guys' mind later. One forty. Oh, blow it. Oklahoma State Gatorade Player of the Year out of the state of Oklahoma, true freshman. But Coach Casper has called him the most ath- athletic point guard he's had. Yeah, actually, uh, Riley Chestnut and I went to the uh, media luncheon that they had, the first one for the season, and he did have a long talk about, I guess, regarding him. And what I say about that is. Definitely an Oklahoma native. I like that. Uh, he went to Carl Albert High School. Uh, that's in the Oklahoma City area. And the fact that he's only 5'9", we could see another uh, Isaiah Thomas. How about that? What excites me about him, right, is is it gives, theoretically, it gives Texas State a spot-up shooter, one they haven't had um, outside of maybe Nigel <coughs> Pearson. And when you add him to this offense, that gives you the option to play Nottingham at the shooting guard or even Harrell at the shooting guard, and then you can move Pearson to the three. And if, and if you can get Mason Harrell to consistently drain the deep shots and even just the mid-range shots and distribute the ball well, that opens up your offense so much because you can get Nottingham out wide shooting the three. You can get Pearson open, and you can start working things in. I think if he can just develop into a pass-distributing, spot-up shooter, even off the bench, that adds so much to your team. And, and to add on about Mason Harrell, uh, Coach Casper did say that Mason Harrell has been one of the most impressive freshman that he's had in years he said this guy is up to par if not better than some junior college transfers that he's had come in over the past five years so that's super exciting and the only the only thing that's keeping mason harrell from playing top tier college basketball is his height right yeah Uh, otherwise he's had the numbers he's had the production and he's got the athleticism so it'll be interesting to see what he does and and i'm excited to see what mason harrell does at this level do you have anything else you want to say about the guards yeah uh you're leaving out a big name that i don't think you expected at all jalen sheed jalen jalen shed he uh, he expected from my sources he might be the starting point guard opening night tomorrow or tonight really i know he's a transfer Uh, from cal poly yep uh, from the flugerville area outside of austin uh like i said from uh, cal poly Poly, only played about nine or ten games last year in the transfers you had to sat then he sat out what i heard from i heard both uh, him and uh, Mason Harrell, they're both point guards that fit Casper's systems. They're smart. That's what Casper goes for. He doesn't just evaluate if, if you can throw the ball and make it go in the basket, if you can run fast, jump high. He values your IQ. And both these guys fit a system. They're smart players. Jalen Shea can really uh, distribute the ball very well. Maybe maybe the shooting not there quite yet. He averages about five assists a game uh, his last season at Cal Poly. But they're excited for him. What I heard... The projected starting lineup is looking like is going to be Jalen Shedd, then Jalen Shedd, Trey Nottingham at the two, Nigel Pearson at the three, Alex Peacock at the four, Eric Terry at the five. I like I do like that. I mean, you can insert anybody you want into that point guard spot out, even if it if it's Shedd, if it's Harrell, if it's Davis. 
I'm okay with that. And then you have Gurley coming off the bench exactly. or whoever mm-hmm. does start a point guard coming off the bench. Um, and if let's go ahead and move down low, guys. Oh, actually, before we do that, Peyton, you like Nathan McClure. Why don't you tell us about him? Oh, I had a little bit pulled up about him, but I mean, three point specialist. He's a three point specialist for sure. He looking at his high school stats, just as kind of like a general uh, consensus, doesn't really tell you about much. He's averaging about fourteen points per game, four rebounds, four assists, but just in high in a high school setting. Um, but crediting, he has I think. Don't let me get it wrong, but around about a 63 point or 63 percent three point percentage uh, on his senior year. So, go on. That's, that's all I got. No, nah, that's <laughs> all I got. Yeah, I'm, there you it said is, it. Bro. You were like, I like McClure. I was like, all y'all are searching it up. So, he, he's got know, something on McClure. Let's move to the uh, down low, guys. You move to the guy. The guys doing the dirty work, starting with, of course, dirty. Eric. I, I'm excited about Eric Terry. I liked what he did a year ago. Emmanuel he, King was the big. He, he just couldn't stay out of foul trouble. No, that was his biggest issue a year ago. But I mean, Eric, but Emmanuel King was your big rebounder, throw the elbows around, and then wasn't a huge scorer. I always thought he, Terry was a more efficient scorer. Can he keep up that defensive hey, uh, production? Uh, no, absolutely was. Uh, you'll see as a sophomore last season, appeared in all 33 games, averaged about six points, three rebounds, and uh, a little under 16 minutes a game. Shot 59% from the field. Seven. And here's the big one for me. Shot 73% from the line. 57 of 78. One, for a big man, that's pretty solid for a sophomore big man Absolutely. to shoot 70%. Two, for Texas State, who is horrible at free throws in my <laughs> tenure here at, te- at, the, oh, at this university. No matter who is at the free throw line, they cannot put the ball in the bucket consistently. You have to ha- love having that from a big player because Emmanuel King did struggle with free throws. What's the point of free, free throws? Free percentage was like about 66%, correct? I think so. It, it's but just painful. That's, that's not, they that's lose not really games good. because of it. You, you skipped over a bullet, but uh, down low, I I really think we're going to see kind of the peacock spread its wings, if you, you know think, what I mean. I, mean, that, I really okay, think – Okay, I think he was an effective scorer last year. He He was good. But I think we're going to see a change in him being also a very effective offensive rebounder. Just I, like where he was posted up last year, he was in the mix. He was there. And just kind of the way they're set up, like him down low, I could, I mean. And no perfect uh, case uh, example, a game I called last season, it was the Troy game. He got that offensive rebound and the putback with under five seconds and for, for the win. No, he, I think yeah, he's and he's third in rebounds among the team last year. He, he has all the tools so. to to be a very good player at this level. So uh, it just seemed like last year at times he would just kind of disappear. Watch out for I mean, his free throw percentage is not that bad either. I mean, it just kind of seemed like position. at times he would just disappear though. You'd be like, "Where's Peacock?" And done anything in two quarters. So you hope to see him uh, kind of shy away from that, get more consistent. Uh, guy out of the two, out of the two big guys, out of Peacock and Terry, the guy I am most excited about. Is Alonzo Sewell at a at a Cinco Ranch High School in Houston, Katie, six, Texas, six seven two hundred, just a freak of an athlete. I mean, I was watching his tape when he first committed. This guy might be the most might be the best athlete on the entire team. I think last year, I think one of the things Casper said is he just didn't really have the fundamentals down. He was just kind of an athlete, wasn't necessarily a polished basketball player. I would assume he plays a lot this year. Again, I, I from what I saw from him. He's just one of the best pure athletes on the entire team. He's got a good build. I'm excited to see what Alonzo Sewell does in his first year in college level. I mean, his, he's uh, a red shirt. He's a freshman red shirt. Committed late too. They got he him did. late in the, the commitment process and redshirted him. But you, for someone who you're saying you know is an athlete needs time, that's a perfect thing to do. Exactly. Redshirt him, have him go through all these practices. He'll definitely. It'll take him a while to probably earn that trust to be on the court. But that could be big time to get a good rotation down low. Absolutely, and then a guy that did see the court a little bit last year, Quentin Scott, six seven two fifteen, kind of fits the bruiser rebounder build. Um, he was a decent recruit coming out of high school. He's from Ellen, AJ Ellender High School. So, what are your guys' thoughts on him? I mean, he didn't play a ton last year. He played in thirteen games, averaged a point and a half, a rebound and a half, only shot twenty six percent from the field, only shot forty percent from free throw. Can we expect much from Mister Quentin Scott? Not putting too much into him. Once I, again, I, uh, I'm it, not gonna. It, <laughs> I'm not. There's a lot of talent on this team. Yeah, exactly. It's a good way to put he's it. He's gonna <laughs> have to. He's gonna have to do something to shine through. And if he didn't shine through last year, w- there's a couple people that I see gonna, you know, 
come through and overpower him. Like you said, there's Alonzo Sewell. There's oh, he, look at Akeem Dashner here. He played a year at Ranger College, and now he's a transfer here to Texas State. He was a his rebounding average was the eleventh best in the National Junior College Athletic Association. He averaged almost 18 points a game and over 10 rebounds a game last year. He had 104 offensive and 192 So he averaged a double-double. He averaged a double-double at the National Junior College level. I would assume we'll see a lot of the sophomore from Lake Worth, Florida. Yeah, well, like we I said, I mean, if he recorded 15 double-doubles and scored 20 or more points in 12 times, I mean, that's pretty impressive, especially in the junior college level. There's just like a plethora of people that are good and that have height on this team now. That, that I, I assume that, yes, we, we could see what we saw last year where they just they have trouble scoring necessarily, but I feel like he's laid out a plan to fix that as well just in the sense of being a basketball coach that is the 23rd most winningest basketball coach in NCAA history. And something I want to see, last season they, they like to feed the po- – they like to feed – or they fed. I they they went to King. Emmanuel a lot. King in the post a lot. And Peacock. But early. They didn't do it in the middle of the game. They do it early in the game. They might come back to it a little bit in the in the second half. But they just went away from it. And once again, a lot of times it felt forced. And they try to get the King down there and you Yeah, see, I like I, Emmanuel King too, but I thought they were doing that in the sense that they were trying to kind of kind of tire out their opponent and open it up a little bit more. So, like, as they play on, the opponent's expecting them to go Mm -hmm. in and they can kind of get more open shots. They'll play it back. Yeah, but sometimes these guys have to be more basketball players because they just try to force it in there and they wouldn't even see the backside help sneaking in. There'd be a turnover. Or Emmanuel King, he just wasn't, you know, he wasn't scoring every time he had the ball down low. No one is. He's not Shaq. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like until Trey Nottingham got it going, that's what their thought process was. It's It was Nigel Pearson, our one, number one scorer, and Emmanuel King, number two. Everyone else just kind of chip in. And that kind of shows why they went and got so many guards going into this year, to try and get some more shooting on the outside. <coughs> so, guys, what are y'all's expectations going into the season? They are picked eighth in the Sun Belt. So the expectations aren't very high, according to the professionals. Um what are your thoughts on yeah. that, Brendan? I remember two years ago, and they were picked 11th, and then they <coughs> went on and uh, almost won the Sun Belt. <laughs> yeah, they were one game. I think they were like two points away. Yeah, from, from, the, the from, winning, the, from winning the Sun Belt tournament, and then what, they fi- they finished like fourth. or We almost they got to t- lose <laughs> to Duke in the first round. They it would have been great. <laughs> they finished top five in conference that season anyway. One thing kind of gets me, they don't schedule tough out-of-conference games at all. Uh, Air Except f- for one. You get Air Force. Uh, right, they, get Ar- they get Arkansas later. <laughs> Arkansas, uh, yeah. Cool, they played Cal Poly, so uh Shed would play his former team. But it, it, it's real tough to, you know, when you play lower-level teams like this that you're kind of expected to beat and blow out, and then you jump right into conference play starting January 3rd. But I, I think they finished above 500 this year. Uh, we heard some rumors that people and teams and a lot of guys are just kind of buying more into the system. They're starting to trust Danny Casper more and more now in his tenure here. I like hearing that. I'm feeling good. A lot of a good handful of returners, Peacock, Nottingham, and Pearson. Those are pretty much your three biggest contributors last year. They're all back. Uh, I, th- I think the Bobcats would be a decent team and kind of, kind of in the middle of the pack throughout the season. Yeah, I hope th- I hope to see them uh, secure at least two or three more wins than they did last season. They went 15 and 18 last year. Uh, I'm just hoping that um, that they make some sort of improvement. I mean, they have some key returners, just like Brendan said, and then there's some key newcomers that we mentioned already. Um, I have high hopes. And Alonzo Sewell, I, w- I would like to see what he does. Uh, I have high hopes in Eric Terry. And for, as for the newcomers, uh, I want to see Mason Harrell make some noise out there on the court and uh, also with Nathan McClure. So I, I'm just hoping that they make just, you know, as long as they make baby steps. And we're hoping that what me and Riley heard from the, I guess, the presser, Coach Casper does have high hopes in his team this year. He's, he was talking about last season how they were inconsistent, as we just mentioned. And uh, Coach Casper said, that uh, the free throw percentage will improve, and uh, he guarantees that. So mark his words. Speaking on the schedule, I, I, I really like how their schedule is set up in the sense of when they play certain teams here at home, uh, they, go, they go against the Georgia teams away, but then they play UT Arlington, Appalachian State, Coastal Carolina, back-to-back-to-back to back to back here at home, three games that are a little bit more on the difficult side of – things uh, making that kind of home field advantage a little bit more present 
that's one of the questions all year. Uh, how's UTA going to be? They fired their winningest coach in program history in Scott Cross. Uh, Kevin, Kevin Hervey. Kevin Hervey. Uh, but they ha- they're always known to be really decent. Oh, exactly. So, you know, that might be something maybe Texas State can kind of take the throne as the Texas school of sun- in the Sun Belt. Absolutely. Uh, I am. Um, you know, Casper's going to be looking for it. I think this is going to be a much more, <laughs> much easier team to watch. I think they're going to be more exciting offensively. I do th- I'm do. i with you, Brennan. I think they're Lord over 500, so. and I think they're competitive in the Sun Belt. I don't think they're going to win it, but they're going to be much more entertaining to watch. And all it takes is remember, every team gets into the Sun Belt Conference. you just got to be hot at the right time. Absolutely. So it is time for our picks of the week, and then we'll wrap things up. So, guys, we're going to run through this really quick. Uh, we'll talk We'll talk on some games more than others. Uh, maybe we'll even sit there and break down. I definitely want to talk about the Cowboys a little bit because Dak sucks. Please no. Um, Panthers at Steelers tonight. Who, win- who wins that one? Go round table, starting I'm with Brendan. I'm, I'll, I'll take the Panthers. You going Panthers? Panthers. Steelers. Yeah, I got to go Steelers. I think, yeah. I think they have the, the number one back in the league. <laughs> they have a very good running back. Not He's not better than Christian McCaffrey. The, the, He's the, not the, better than Todd Gurley. The, Goodness. The, the way I looked at it was the Panthers' defense and the Steelers' offense, I kind of took those as a wash. And then it came down to I think this, I think the uh, Panthers' offense is better than Steelers' defense. Who's home? Uh, Steelers. The Steelers are home. So I'm going Steelers on that yeah, one. Yeah, I'm still sticking. I think by Antonio it. Brown makes plays tonight. He got, I think he got like arrested this morning. He, Brown? He had some legal trouble. He was spot, he was caught speeding. I don't know if he, I don't think he's arrested. Oh, he got arrested. He, I think he got pulled over and taken it at least. Oh, that's tonight. Oh, regardless, I want to open up this next one. Saints versus Bengals. I really think it's going to be a shootout. Who that? Who day? Uh, but I I mean Saints are going to come come away with it, but I really think Andy Dalton's going to have a shootout with Drew Brees on this one. Just in the sense that the Saints defense is good. Not great. I got a hot take for you. Hot take. Uh, Des Bryant's going to drag the Cowboys losing attitude with him, and Saints are going to lose that one. I think Andy Dalton Andy Dalton, my twin, gets hot, and they're going to win that one. Uh, Every redhead calls Andy Dalton their twin. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) Dude, he's the reddest of heads. He has uh, a dope haircut. Uh, I kind of thought about this one, thinking maybe the Bengals could somehow pull an upset. But I mean, they're I'm number one at the conf- they're, they're, in their conference. They're, right they're, they're, coming off a, they're coming off a bye. And Saints coming off a really nice win, and Drew Brees looking too good. So number New one Orleans. quarterback, baby. Mark? I guess regarding what you guys have said, or you want me to just throw in Saints anything? Saints or Bengals? <laughs> Saints or Bengals? Okay, so I'm going to go with the cleaning cut. New Orleans Saints. Boom. You know what I'm The reason why I say that because uh, obviously I don't know why you guys are hating on Des Bryant, man. He's that former real cowboy, if you know what I'm saying. So I got, I'm a huge Des Bryant friend, and I just hope that Drew Brees Can I open up and his, his team puts a smackdown on the Bengals. I mean, you guys, Sweet. you guys, I'm surprised you guys didn't mention Joe Mixon or AJ Green. Hey, but it is what it is. All right, next one. Hot take: Browns come in and beat the Falcons. The Falcons. The Falcons. Hear me out, because me and my friend co want to pick him, and we do our picks. I send him my picks in the morning. What'd you say? I said Browns question mark. That's I think the Falcons. Not sure how I feel about I that. I think the Falcons could be riding a little too high after they played last week. Uh, and the Cleveland Jones defense first. Touchdown. Cleveland defense is not terrible. They're pretty solid. They didn't look. They didn't get blown out by Kansas City the last Baker's week. Baker's only getting better by He's each week. He's getting better. So. Uh, Falcons aren't going to come out there and force a bunch of turnovers. They've had a bunch and of injuries. They, they seem a little sorry this year. They could they could fumble it up. I could see this. I could see the Browns defense having like two picks, maybe a fumble, coming away with this defensive game. Put it on put it on record. I'm taking the Browns. Boom. Hey, uh, I guess what are you guys' thoughts uh, regarding the uh, Cowboys and Eagles Sunday night? What, we're, we're talking we're, about Browns and Falcons. We have a system, <laughs> right? Here. I just wanted to. I wanted to. I wanted to just throw we in like a quick hint. That a quick was hint. at the bottom. I wanted to let throw me, in a quick hint to see me, how you guys. Let are me feeling. delay my depression as long as possible. <laughs> All right, we're, we're we, gonna have to go through this a we, little bit yeah, faster yeah, with these to, weaker we, teams. We, Titans, we in order, Titans. Guys. We're not gonna go through all of them. Titans, do the Titan, the hot Titans. I say hot because they beat the crappy Cowboys. Okay. Do they take down the Patriots at home? Titans are at home. No? no, oh no, Josh, not even close. Josh even close. Gordon's really hot right now. I'm sorry. No, I'm, 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 I'm gonna say the Patriots gonna win by a margin. All right, oh, oh, oh. Uh, Jaguars gonna lose again. Ram, yes, Rams. Do the Colts? Can you just wait? <laughs> you <gotta laughs> it's kill past him. it. No, yeah, I'm not doing them all. It. Uh, Rams. Who cares about Colts? Jags. Seahawks at Rams. Who wins that one? That's gonna be a fun one. Rams uh, I say the Seahawks Rams. might have a shot because the, the, this is the second time they're playing each other, and uh, the Seahawks only lost by two points. In the previous matchup, so the Seahawks are probably going to be looking for for some the Rams revenge. Got a bit you see that by Green Bay, and then, yeah, that? and then the Rams also ramming them. And it, the thing is, this is the thing about that: the Rams also <laughs> got their first loss of the season to the Saints. So uh, the Rams are probably this is this is a shot of them just tumbling. Uh, I know the Seahawks 
have the capability to beat these guys. It's the NFL, so any team can has Dude, any team lost beat anyway. one game. Yeah, no, no, because no, the Seahawks played them tough. The Seahawks only lost by two points. But, but how come it's the Seahawks looking for the revenge and for the Rams? It's they're spiraling down. Well, the maybe the Rams don't even have the a good back. defense anymore. Well, we'll see. We'll, hey, only time will tell. Okay, we'll see. it's time for Brendan and I to start crying. All right. Is it Cowboys? My pen at, broke in my pocket. At Eagles. Who, 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 who's going to win that one? Do I have to answer uh, this first? Yeah, you guys go first. I mean, why, why, would I, why would I think the Cowboys have a chance in this game? Why would I think that? Why? Well, you're supposed to be a fan. You've got to have faith in your team. As long as number four is at the quarterback position, I have zero confidence in us winning a game ever. You know what? I mean, right I heard here, Reed, Brennan, Reed, Reed Brennan, said that he went. Put it here. Put it here. Again? Hey, hey, right. the hey, you take Browns, I take Cowboys. <laughs> Cowboys. <laughs> I just wanted to. Give I'm going to win 27-21 right here. Yeah, I even put it here hey, for Brandon, you. Uh, so we're going to win like 14-13 if we're going to win. We can't right. score anything. Hey, I see the field. I see the opportunities opening up because the Eagles are just – they're like a cookie. They're, they're really good for a little bit, and then they just start crumbling. <laughs> I like that. I don't know how that applies, but I'm yeah, down with I it. Just came, that just came off the dome. So <laughs> Copyright it. By the way – Stamp it. By the way, Amari Cooper is not a bust. They threw the ball to him eight times. He had five catches. I think three of them were first downs, and one of them was a touchdown. Real quick, can I just boost myself real quick? Go uh, ahead. Go ahead. I remember the last podcast, Mark, you weren't here. I said uh, in those two game, big games in Louisiana between LSU and Bama and uh, New Orleans Saints and L.A. Rams that no way both those teams were losing. And I predicted LSU to lose the Bama, and I said the Saints would beat the Rams. I was exactly right. I mean, I agreed the Saints were going to beat the Rams also. I wouldn't be too proud about Alabama predicting Alabama beating LSU, but... I just knew there was no way. There was still a lot of people taking the Rams in that game. No no doubt. I knew the Rams were going to lose one way or another. Look, they may have the best defensive line, but Drew Brees is arguably the best quarterback ever against the Blitz. So I'm pretty sure I predicted New Orleans winning too. I just don't know for sure. Um, no, we're not even going to bother. Giants 49ers is Nick Mullins is probably just going to Monday throw night yards. football. Yeah, but it's Giants yeah. Niners. I mean, what the two so suckiest teams? Yeah, what's so significant out. about blah, that blah, game? Blah, blah, blah. It's exactly. a crap bowl. So moving on to college football, run through some of these real quick. Uh, see if I can find one worth talking Goodness, about. Goodness, I didn't even know we were doing this. West Virginia TCU TCU is on the road. Who wins that one? West TCU Virginia. lost. TCU is losing. That's a rapid fire. West Virginia. Wait, West is, Virginia is Greer out? No. Here's no. A good, no, no, it's West Virginia. Okay. Ohio State at Michigan State. Ooh, Ohio State. I don't know. Ohio State. Michigan State. <laughs> You're going to go Michigan I'm gonna go, State. I'm it's going, at I'm home, go. dude. It's at yeah. Spartan Stadium. Dude, Michigan State, they've been kind of sorry this year, too. Ohio State. South Carolina at Florida. Florida. Gators. And South, South Carolina just lost their I'm quarterback, calling, I'm, I'm pretty sure, so. I was going to say Gamecock, so Peyton said that. Uh, Florida. I think they just lost their quarterback. One of these teams did. You're going to trust Peyton? Dude. I don't know. I get the updates. I just remember them vaguely. Ole Miss at Texas A&M. A&M. I'm going Aggies on that one. A&M. I'm going with that, too. I I predicted a loss last week. I was right. Who's UT playing? Texas Tech. We're going to get that. Oh, that's that's coming soon. That's coming up. What Ole Miss? It's going to be the game of the week. Going on miss that quarterback, uh, Tayamu. However you say it, he they put up points, and those two receivers, two first round receivers. I like it. I'm going AM on that one. Uh, but, 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 but another good one. Really, aren't a lot of good games this week. UCLA at Arizona State. Come on now, that's a dumb question. Ooh, here's <laughs> one. Troy at Georgia Southern. That could be a good game. Troy is going to blow them out. You think so? Yeah, I think so. I Agreed. know so. I know so. I know you're forgetting. You're forgetting. Besides the Tech and uh, UT game, I know you're forgetting another one. Do you think Mississippi State sure could upset Alabama? we know what you're talking about. We'll, yeah. get, we'll get there, Mark. <laughs> Do you think Mississippi State can upset Alabama? That's the next one I was going to ask you. No, uh, not no. even close. No, Dude. Alabama's going to blow. Alabama, <laughs> no, nobody's beating Alabama. Come on now. Alabama's yeah, going to blow bad. them out of the water. Uh, Oklahoma State at Oklahoma. That's what Mark's talking about. Bedlam. All right, so I'm going to let y'all go first, and I'm going to go last. Uh, I'm gonna say Oklahoma State comes with the upset. They've been upsetting everybody this year, so I'm gonna go Oklahoma State. Nah, I'm I'm sticking to you. All right, so what you got, Peyton? This is a lot I don't of know, dead air. Long Make pause. Your- I'm Thanks. sorry. I know. Okay, so I'll just fill it with. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, OU by. I'm gonna put an OU by like a TD. Honestly, this man Kyler Murray has been good, but. Hasn't been consistent the past couple games. Oklahoma so I feel like Oklahoma State can boop. 
put him in that weak spot. So it's another thing. Oklahoma is definitely vulnerable. I'm going off the Texas loss, and uh, that was like four weeks ago. Yeah, they, but this is the thing when they put up forty five. Yeah, like, they're vulnerable. Oklahoma hasn't really. This is the thing about Oklahoma though. So obviously they fired Mike Stoops, their defense coordinator, after that game, and you notice Oklahoma's been on the roll ever since. But here's another thing: Texas Tech played Oklahoma. Like, that was a big, huge slugfest, but I can't really go off that game. That's Oklahoma because State, that's, like, the new rivalry. I can't really go off that game because Oklahoma State got blown out by Texas Tech 41-17, so I don't want to use that, but this thing. So well, Oklahoma, you can't use it if it goes against your team. Yeah, if but this is the thing about Oklahoma team, State. This is the thing about Oklahoma State. Used. Oklahoma State is capable of winning because the reason why I say that is because uh, Oklahoma State's run game, in my opinion, is better than o- OU's because there's three running backs that they have that are NFL-caliber players. Justice Hill is definitely, arguably, one of the best running backs in the Big 12. Uh, he's, he has – 153 carries for 895 yards. This guy's averaging 5.9 yards per carry. And you have Chuba Hubbard. He's a sprinter for Canada, Team Canada, which is really impressive. And he's been stepping it up. He's a redshirt freshman. And then you have J.D. King, the bruiser. This guy apparently hang clean like 405 pounds during the summertime. So you have three. Yeah, three. We're going off, and hang, no, off oh, hang cleans then. Hang cleans, hey, bro. Forget, he's ill. Trust me. Don't forget. Don't forget. Tyler freaking Wallace. quads you guys, are just you, sick. You guys love Marquise Brown. I'm pretty sure you guys think Marquise Brown is good. But, hey, don't forget Tyler Wallace. He has slept on. This guy was known for the catch against the Texas Longhorns. Snagged on. What's his name? Chris Boyd? I don't know if I said his name correctly. He's like one of the top cornerbacks. How in do you mess 12? up the name Chris Boyd? <laughs> no, I know his last name is Boyd. I know his last name is Boyd. I don't know his first it's Chris name. Chris Boyd. It is? Okay. So, but, Tylen Wallace snagged on him in the other guy. I didn't, I didn't see the other one. We got some other ones to get Oklahoma State can win by three points. By three points? Okay, I'm sure all our Texas State football fans will appreciate you name-dropping all the Cowboys. Goodness. Um, <laughs> Baylor oh at God. Iowa State. I think Iowa State's going to blow him out of the water. Iowa State yes. wins by three touchdowns or more. Wait, where's this game? It's at Iowa State. Iowa State. Yeah. yeah. Is that a little hospital thing? Auburn at Georgia. Georgia by far. Whoa. Georgia's going <laughs> to. Whoa. That needs yeah. to be a sound bite. <laughs> War Tigers. I think it's going to be a close game, but War Bulldogs are going to have to go with the season. dogs. Yeah, I'm going Georgia on that one. I think they're going to win that one. Get themselves Georgia. back. Georgia. Get themselves back in the top four. LSU at Arkansas. LSU by four touchdowns or more. Taking the boot. Yeah, LSU. It's a pretty easy one. Hot take? I mean, I don't got any hot take for that <laughs> one. Sorry. Texas at Tech. Tech. Going tech I'm going Tech. I think we're all going Tech. I think tech. we're all going Tech. It's hard to play. I, I just, love it. I just want Texas to win. Clemson. Hey, Riley. Riley, get in here. <laughs> Clemson at Boston College. Clemson. <laughs> okay, it's like okay. I'm gonna just say Boston College is 17th, guys. They ha- it's not 2007 anymore. Okay, they're hey, not that good. I can just use the SpongeBob opposite day, so I'm gonna go for <laughs> Boston College. But Luke, it's opposite Luke day. Luke Kuechly can suit up one more time. They can get Luke Kuechly back in a Boston College uniform. That wouldn't even be fair, man. I'm gonna do it. You're going Boston College upset. Give me Boston College. Hey. ACC madness. Oh my gosh. Hey. <laughs> hey, wait. Against Clemson. I'll put it there. It's, what, wait, it's Clemson what? Is it against Clemson? Yeah, wait, they're playing Clemson, yes. Yeah. In, no, it's no, in, it, dude, it's, remember, it's, hey, I swear I've said it, like eight times on like these 15 podcasts that Clemson, it's just, Clemson's just a little weak sometimes. Clemson. You've said that like eight times and they keep winning, so. <laughs> just wait for it, bro. One of the eight times is going to be right. Hey, my predictions I'm, haven't been too hot this year either, so I'm a. I don't know about y'all. I'm like perfect. I'm just kidding. I don't know. That's going to do it for us, Texas State Spit Talk, episode 15. Brendan, you look I, like you have something else to say. I haven't been able to fix this pin yet. I've been trying to do it the whole show. Like I'm 30 so minutes upset. you've been I'm trying saying. to fix with this pin. Uh, so will Brendan fix his pin? Find out next week on Texas State Spit Talk every Friday at noon. Bobcat Radio, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 11. we got some good stuff coming on the pipeline. We're working on something with Texas State Baseball right now. That's going to be exciting. We've got a lot of feature stories coming out. Uh, and, of course, Texas State basketball broadcasts are starting up pretty quick. So all your Texas State men's and women's basketball. We didn't get to women's basketball today's show. Tune in on Bobcat Radio for a lot of that. Uh, thank you all for listening. You'll listen. You'll hear from us next week. Big slap, big slap.